You're listening to the Aligned Action Podcast, the show that helps baffled beginners and even experienced entrepreneurs set intentions, attract ideal clients, and make meaning and money using real life examples, an interactive teaching style, and in episode experiences. I'm your host, Chantel, an educator turned web designer and aligned business mentor at Clear Quartz Creative. Together, We'll get past your playing small patterns and transform your all over the place ideas into exciting possibilities so you can get the clarity you want, have the alignment you need, and embody the steps to grow your business your way. So take a deep breath, settle in with intention, and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to season two of the Aligned Action Podcast. It's been such a long time since I recorded an episode for you. I'm very happy to be back. From now on, we'll be back to regular weekly episodes as well as bonus episodes at the end of each month for the alignment reports. But I'm starting season two with a deeper intro into my story and into my background. This episode is inspired from a review that I got from the podcast that I want to read to you now just to give you a little bit of context into where this episode is coming from. This review is from little underscore monster, no real name provided, and the title of the review is Your Business Mentor in Your Earbuds. Really enjoying listening to Chantal's clear and comprehensive systems and strategies. She is exceptional at explaining and breaking down the stuck spots so that I can be a more aligned business owner and focus on taking action on the best things for me. It's like having your business mentor in your earbuds. Thank you for all that you do, Chantal. First of all, thank you to this listener and thank you to every listener who has taken the time to submit a review to the podcast. It is unbelievably helpful for the algorithm when you do that, when you do a rating and even more so when you do write even a couple of lines. If me sharing this review can inspire you to go and do that for this podcast and any other podcast that you listen to just to support all of the podcast creators for every show you listen to, I hope you might feel inspired to do that. So slight ulterior motive here. I'm really grateful for this comment, and I wanted to talk more in this episode about why I am good at explaining, why I'm good at breaking down the stock spots, as is mentioned in this review, why it is that when you're listening or when you're learning from me that you feel this sense of clarity and comprehensive systems and strategies, and that's because of my background. I talked a bit in the very first episode of this podcast about how being a teacher turned into being a yoga teacher, which turned into being a web designer, which turned back into being kind of a teacher, but for entrepreneurs, instead of 16 year olds learning how to play the trumpet, I was brief in my first episode because I didn't want to talk all about me. This episode is going to go a lot deeper than that. I'm going to start at the very beginning, but first I want to tell you why you should even care and why you should bother listening to an episode that's like, my story, blah, blah. Otherwise, if I don't tell you why you should care, why would you want to keep listening to an episode that is all about me? You are listening to this podcast because like that reviewer, you like the way that I share information. And yet it's not necessarily the information although some things might be new to you, but it's not necessarily the information that's groundbreaking. It's the way that I deliver that information and the perspective that I have. It's my combination of knowledge and experience that you're here for. And that's the same with anyone else's content that you're also consuming. So 
That includes things like podcasts that you listen to, blogs that you read, the videos that you watch, the courses you buy. What's different about me and any other teacher turned entrepreneur is that part of my knowledge and part of my experience is in the skill of teaching itself, which is its own whole skill, which is separate from whatever strategy or whatever topic that I'm teaching on. That skill of teaching itself, of connecting with you, of communicating what you need to know and feel so you can grow and guiding you through a process of implementing and experimenting until you feel good about your growth. That is one thing that sets me apart. And one reason why you're here listening. One way that I hope this episode will help you is to give you more context about the person behind the voice on this podcast that you're listening to and deepen the connection between you and I. I also hope that you listen to this and start to consider online education and business education in general in a whole new way, and that you'll start bringing more alignment and intention to the decisions that you make about what content you consume and what offers you purchase. The more that you know what effective education is all about and the qualities of someone who is experienced in teaching, the more informed a decision you can make about what you're investing your time in and what you're investing your money in. And I think that that can only benefit you. So let's dive right into it. When you buy a course, say it's one of those ones, it's a low ticket course. In general, you are buying from someone who has achieved results for themselves, and they've also achieved some results for their clients using their methods. They have gained knowledge and experience in the thing that they are teaching, but the knowledge and experience that they have in teaching itself can be lacking. And that's why some courses feel basic and some courses feel all over the place, like kind of random or disjointed, like Some people say that it feels like they've just combined all of their Instagram posts into a specific order and turned it into one long video and then sold that as a program. And some people feel like what they're getting inside of courses is just this regurgitation of the sales page and no real new information. I'm sure you've noticed that the vast majority of information out there about creating courses and about creating offers is actually not about the quality of what's inside the course. It's about how to sell the courses, how to sell to more people, how to market the courses. And that's a totally different focus. So for that and for many other reasons, when you actually get inside a course, something that you've purchased, you might feel great about it, which is awesome. Or you might feel disappointed, which is far less awesome. It's really difficult to gauge from the outside of an offer what the quality will be like on the inside. Now, most people who are running trainings and courses and group programs and all the things, they don't have classroom experience. They don't have adult learning certificates. They haven't gone through co-op placements where they practice, taught, and received feedback. They haven't gotten observations and written reports from their school divisions analyzing their teaching practice. Although there are several teachers turned entrepreneurs out there because teaching in the schools is a really tough job. It's safe to say that they do not form the majority of people who are educating in the online business space. And I'm not saying that only qualified teachers should be creating courses or running group programs or educating about business. But I am saying that having knowledge and experience in teaching itself is very valuable. That's beyond having knowledge and experience on a given topic, like how to market on YouTube or how to start a podcast or how to run a VA business. I'm going to come back to the definition that I used before to describe teaching. Connecting with you, 
communicating what you need to know and feel so you can grow and guiding you through a process of implementing and experimenting until you feel good about your growth. Nowhere in that definition, which is just my own personal definition, does it say overwhelm you with information. But a lot of offers and a lot of entrepreneurs go this route when they're creating their offers. They spend 90% of the time inside going over why you should be learning their strategy and what their strategy is. And then when it comes time to help you implement, it's honestly an afterthought. And it's those programs that feel disappointing because they expect you to figure out how to do the implementing on your own, which is why you bought the course in the first place. And I believe that it's not because they don't want to help. I believe it's not that they don't care about your results. I think that it's simply that they don't have the full skill set of teaching where implementation is at least half of the process and not just giving information. I do have that full skill set. It's taken a lot of time for me to come around to just being able to say that and put that out there and feel confident and not braggy, but I do. I do have that full skill set. And if I don't share that with you, I'm doing a disservice to you. So I'm going to tell you all about that and how it helps you through telling my story. I'm going all the way back to October of 2002, which I just realized is 20 years ago, and that blows my mind. Back in October of 2002, I decided where I was going to attend university, and this was on a tour bus driving through rural Saskatchewan in the middle of Canada on the way to a music festival. For you sports people listening, that's like regionals or a tournament, so I'm told. I already knew that I wanted to go to school for music education. I knew that I wanted to live somewhere new. I didn't want to go to school at home, but I didn't know where yet until I read the McLean's University rankings. I was that kid. I think I said this already in the first episode of the podcast, but going into more detail, I read that issue from cover to cover. And right in that moment of reading about McGill, I made a decision that that's where I was going. And from there on in, I was in full manifestation mode, although I had never heard the word manifestation. I had no idea that that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. I ordered a paper copy of the syllabus and I had so many things highlighted and like paper clipped and earmarked and all the things. I read about McGill musicians in the news online. I looked up all the events at the music school, like as though I could actually go to the concerts and not like it was 2000 kilometers away. I had performed at the National Youth Band the year before, and the guest conductor was from McGill, so I started following everything that he was doing. I even had a friend's sister who went to McGill buy me a hoodie from the gift shop and send it to me, and I wore it all the time. And I thought about what the experience would be like of going to McGill. I thought about it constantly. I also started doing the work of practicing with much more seriousness once I set the goal of getting in because I knew that it was going to be a challenge to make the audition. So I was already in weekly lessons for clarinet. But in addition to that, once I made the decision of going to McGill, I decided I'm going to start taking keyboard lessons, theory lessons. I was playing clarinet for like four hours a day and I was making really careful choices about what I was going to play at my audition. And I was also chasing every opportunity for feedback. So I would record myself on a cassette <laughs> and submit recordings to anyone I could. And I would take notes of every bit of their feedback on my playing. 
I would also that year book lessons with different teachers so that I could get new perspectives on my playing. And I would try whatever new methods of practice so that I could try and hack my way to the best outcome, which was actually getting in. Every adult in my life told me that I should have a backup school. So I did apply to one more, but I went, I did my audition for McGill and I had my acceptance letter for there before the other audition was even scheduled. And I blew off the other audition and I never looked back. I went to McGill. I lived in Montreal for four years and I did the integrated program where I took the music degree and the education degree both at the same time. On the education side of things, I took all sorts of classes. I took classes on the history of education all the way back to Aristotle and Socrates. History is not my best subject, but I did learn a lot of just the trajectory of the different schools of thought of education over time. There was this class that taught us how we were supposed to design group projects, how we were supposed to create a good quiz or write a multiple choice test, how to design worksheets for students that didn't waste their time, that actually taught them what we wanted them to learn. A whole other class taught us how to read a curriculum. That's the paper from the government that tells you what it is you're supposed to teach and then learn how to turn that into learning activities so that the students would be able to understand everything that we were supposed to teach them in the curriculum. Since this was in the 2000s still, there was this course on technology and it involved learning how to use an overhead projector, very high tech, and how to use word processing tools. Super useful, right? (laughs) But the other classes were much more useful. Like there was this class on inclusion which taught us how to involve every learner, regardless of their experiences and regardless of their abilities. So we learned how to make lessons work for everyone and also how to teach to different learning styles because not everybody learns the same. I took a course on educational psychology where I learned how to motivate students, how to build on knowledge that they already have, how to show them next steps, like one at a time, instead of expecting people to learn things all at once. I learned about classroom management, which is basically how to get students to even listen to me so that I can teach them something. And in that class, we learned about activating prior knowledge, which means reminding students of something else that they already know well to help them learn something that they don't know so well. I learned all the major methods of teaching. There's just too many to list them all, but here's a short list. Demonstration, lecturing, cooperative learning, learning with technology, problem-based learning, which is kind of like a going on a quest, active learning, like using movement, brainstorming techniques. Now, years later, I get to bring all of these learning experiences into how I teach you how to make intentional decisions and take aligned action in your business. So that means that there are reasons behind the analogies that I make. There are reasons why I give you the examples that I do. There's reasons why I use different types of activities inside my courses and offers that walk you through the how instead of expecting you to figure it out on your own. All of what I do when I'm teaching on the podcast, when I'm teaching through my content, when I'm teaching in my offers, when I'm teaching with my one-on-one clients, all of that has its roots in my background in education. Each year of my four years at university, I did a teaching practicum. So that means that I had a teacher in a real school that I was shadowing, and they would gradually give me more and more responsibility in doing the teaching myself. So during that time, I got to practice and fail and succeed and get more comfortable and make mistakes and fix them. Honestly, for three of four of my placements, I learned more what not to do 
That's because the teacher that I was placed with in those three placements was not very effective. So it's not like I wanted to follow in their footsteps. But one of the teachers I was placed with for a three-week placement was really intense in a good way. The school was about an hour away from where I lived, and the homeroom bell was at 7.05 a.m. You know from listening to this podcast that I am not a morning person. This was so hard, but it was really worth it. Every day I would leave ridiculously early and drive there, and I got to be part of an amazing music program because I was placed with a teacher who really cared about how I developed as a teacher. So I observed, I took notes, I got to try conducting and teaching myself. And every single day when school ended at 2.35, I think, we would go to his office and he would teach me how to do instrument repairs on my own. (laughs) He did them on his own so that kids wouldn't have to go without instruments for long, like sending them away to a shop. So we would be soldering a trombone slide and going over the day in like excruciating detail and my eyes would be closing. Like I wanted to be there, I wanted to learn, but for someone who's not a morning person to have been driving by 6 a.m., like it felt like 11 o'clock at this point and it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Every day he made himself available to talk about exactly how things went and go over how I could improve and like what I could try next the next day. If you were not a band kid and you have no frame of reference for what I'm about to talk about, think of it like drills at a sports practice. So this teacher, he had high expectations of his students and he expected them to rise to the occasion. The entirety of the class was focused on performance. So the group of students would learn how to play a piece of music together and eventually they would go and they would perform it either at a concert or a festival or at some kind of workshop. So every day was about rehearsing this music as a group. This teacher gave his students his all, and he expected that his students would do the same, that they would give him their all. He had built this culture where mistakes were allowed, but you had to have awareness of those mistakes. And then they had to address those mistakes together as a team. So every day he would record me conducting and the students playing. And then every morning we'd review the tape and we would make notes for me on how I could improve and we'd make notes for them on how to improve. And then he would type them up, print them out and hand them to the kids. So we would address those points together and get to work fixing them. And we did this method every day. I think I learned more in three weeks than I had learned maybe ever. And there's lots of reasons for this that I want to get into. So a few reasons really do stand out. The person that I was learning from had super high expectations of me as well as his students. And he really believed that I could reach his expectations. He gave me so much of his time to make sure that I actually understood the feedback that I was getting. He never made me feel like he knew more than me or that my opinion didn't count. He was super organized, obviously with these printed out notes, and super methodical about the process of learning. But I learned to interpret it as that we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to live to see the other side of those mistakes. All of these experiences in these three weeks totally formed my philosophy of teaching. Now my clients can attest that I am pro mistakes because it means that you're actively involved in the actual figuring out of whatever it is you're trying to do. 
I learned from that teaching experience to be organized and to be methodical about how I help my students, how I help my clients to experience information and to process information because I've seen how important that is. And just like I learned from my co-teacher, I hold so much space for you, space to ask questions, space to get feedback, space to get my honest opinion on how you're doing. And I'm also holding space with a vision in my mind of what I know you can accomplish. I'm holding it there for you until you can see that vision yourself and honestly way past that because it feels really good to have someone believe in you. I believed that I would love teaching, especially based on that one three-week teaching experience. And I might have if I had gotten the perfect job in the perfect place, but that never quite happened. Instead, I let imposter syndrome keep me from applying for jobs that I actually would have wanted. And instead, I only applied to smaller schools with smaller music programs, with smaller levels of community support for music. So I started teaching in elementary music, which is not banned. It's a very different thing. And I hated it. I got thrown in at the end of November. I had to do the holiday concerts two, three weeks later. I had like almost 400 students and the school secretary had to print me a binder with all their names and faces for when I had to write my first set of report cards, which was after knowing these students for like maybe a month. My first year teaching was hands down the most anxious time in my life. I would work all day, go home with this giant reusable bag of books and try and plan for the next day. And then I would go to sleep and dream about teaching. It was such a struggle. This is where I learned how important it is for me to love what I am teaching and where I am teaching and who I am teaching. Because I taught for five years after that in mostly rural schools, which is not my favorite life environment. I taught a mixture of elementary and high school music with a little bit of grade five thrown in there. So when I was asked to teach yoga at my last school, I jumped at the opportunity because I thought that this would be a great subject fit and the students who would be attracted to the yoga classes would be a great fit as well. Once I had done my yoga teacher training, actually lessons from that would be a whole episode on its own. I also started offering yoga classes in the evenings to adults in the town that I lived in. And that's how I started in entrepreneurship. I liked the rewards of teaching. I liked the planning aspect of teaching. I liked watching people improve and understand new concepts and get to know themselves better via teaching. And I liked all of those things more than I liked the realities of little kids telling me their tummies hurt and teenagers who wanted to be doing anything other than assembling their saxophone for the 40th time. Teaching in schools wasn't my favorite job. But in my five years of teaching, I got in thousands of hours of teaching practice. And I got better over time and my anxiety lessened. And I figured out how to design learning experiences that would reach my students even when their motivation was low. I practiced how to make learning feel exciting and how to make students want to come to school. And I practiced how to make important connections with them and really show them that I care about all the aspects of their lives and their futures. And I carried this experience forward into my work with you too. In my work with you, I still work hard at making learning feel exciting and engaging, <laughs> making you want to come to calls and listen to lessons and take notes and do your homework even when your motivation is low. I connect with you like it's my job because it is. 
Because for you to start implementing and feeling the success that comes from taking actions, that means that you need to see that I care about you as much as you care about you. And knowing how to work with you when your motivation is low, like when you feel like you've tried everything and you're just not getting it, when you're feeling impatient that you aren't further ahead by now, I know how to help you when you don't understand what you need to do next. I have literally and metaphorically (laughs) sat beside you, guiding you patiently through exercises. And beyond that, changing exercises when I realize that they're not what you need in that moment. Because learning to adapt to real life learners is a big part of being a successful teacher. And when I put it that way, I think you can understand how my Bachelor of Education and my years of teaching experience actually serves you. My commitment to teaching and to you learning goes beyond me just caring about my topic, which is how to make intentional decisions and take aligned actions in your business. My commitment to teaching is everything that I've just described in this episode. You benefit from this experience and from my mindset around learning when you work with me one-on-one, when you listen to this podcast, when you take one of my programs. It's teaching and learning on a whole other level than most of what is available out there today on your average Instagram feed, whether that's chronological or based on the algorithm. (laughs) I've waffled a lot on my title in business. And I've waffled a lot in my confidence in business. I have used the title designer. I've used strategist, mentor, coach, probably some more titles that I'm not remembering. But I've come to realize that the title that best describes me is educator. I'm a long ways away from that imposter syndrome feeling of not wanting to apply to the jobs that I really wanted. I have the expertise to really step into the title of educator and embody what that means. That is how I show up for you. I'm here to educate you on the skills and the strategies and the mindsets that make up entrepreneurship. I'm all about teaching you how to do what you need to do to grow your business in the most intentional way possible, but also in the way that resonates with you the most and then helps you to develop no like trust in yourself. As you know, I'm also all about teaching you how to actually take action because implementation is greater than information. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the briefest of sneak peeks into where Clear Quartz Creative came from and where Clear Quartz Creative is going. Welcome to season two of the Aligned Action Podcast and season two of Clear Quartz Creative. Thank you for listening to the Aligned Action Podcast. I hope this episode has helped you take the first step to turn your ideas and insights into income. For one-on-one guidance and done-for-you solutions, visit clearquartzcreative.co to see how we can work together. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show. Each review helps me to help more entrepreneurs like you dig deeper and get crystal clear. Until next week, remember, you're a gem. Every intention you set and every action you take is an expression of being the brilliant business owner you already are.